actually, I'm not sure if we should leave this to the end or not. Um, but, and I don't mean to put you guys in the spot here as well, but I feel like this is a really, really good opportunity to um, properly inform and it's a good opportunity to change people's perspectives when they usually come across the, oh, today we're going to be learning a bit more about the Treaty of Waitangi again. Because the instant knee-jerk reaction to that is, I've already learned it in year seven and eight. Yeah, yeah. and and <laughs> it's just like, a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's another thing. Um, and and it's just sort of like a, people, like uh, you, you'll see them physically like sigh and like, oh, here we go. I have to be here compulsorily. Um, and, you know, at the end of it, uh, I might just learn a bit, but I have to do it for the, you know, just to, so I can pass through the course and stuff. That's often what it ends up being. So um, in a succinct or, you know, an effective way, what's a way that, you know, if someone with that sort of attitude right now were to listen to you about, you know, and, and you, how, how essentially, how would you um, inform them into, you know, Making realizing that this is actually important? And it's important that they listen and understand yeah. and then act on this after. Yeah. It's a um, very big thing, and I understand that, but uh, <laughs> here we go. Nah, she's got it. She's got nah, it. Well, from med school, we did have that week, and it was so token. Mm. And I I thought it was great. I learned a lot. I was um, sure. Reese Jones, oh. Alana Curtis. I'm just like, yeah, oh, I love them. Um, so I loved it. But I overheard other students say, like, oh, waste of time why do we have to do this and I was shocked I was like we have been chosen to literally boost the health of our nation and you like can't even be bothered for one week because I'm it's disgusted. taking it's taking a week out of the normally it's out of the holiday right the break time yeah so right. like that it's, shows it's, how much the medical school considers our Holder Māori yeah. exactly exactly Whoa. and that's at exactly. no fault of the Holder Māori team because as has said they are amazing, mm. beautiful academics, stunning people. It's mm. I'm pointing the finger at the medical school. Mm. <laughs> yep, yep, I'll point it with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think with – so Papa Rangi Reid is amazing. Um, she's a lecturer that we have at med school or a professor. Um, and, but I think when she lectures, people might think, oh, God, another angry Māori woman. She's <laughs> quite intense, if you don't yeah. know. She is a little. Very entertaining. Is um, I gotta say. But I think now that when I speak, um, I can relate to her because it's there's a lot of mamai, there's a lot of pain and trauma. So when we see these, we read these stats and we're like, oh, yeah, six times increased. Māori have six times increased of dying from pneumonia than um, non-Māori. So, for, so when we read that, we're like, yeah. But when we're like working in hospital with these with these families, and they um, may die from such a simple thing, um, and at a younger age, which means a loss of income for that family. You know, it's just a, it's not just this one little bit of writing. It's honestly, it's such a huge impact when you um, and how it affects their family and going forth. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I think some people read these stats too lightly and don't think it's, you know, sort of just brush over over it and be like, oh, three times, oh, that's not that much. It's like, no, it's 300% more than non-Māori. Like, this is outrageous. Um, so I think to get students to listen and why it's important, 
you literally need to go back to colonization. And I think if people sigh with that word, it, it means it doesn't affect them mm. at all. Mm. Um, and so with colonization, you have um, it's an imperialist view of majority informed, you know, superiority of race. Um, when settlers come in, there's, as we know, with Māori, there's a loss of land, and it's through different ways, whether it's through confiscation or whether it was bought inappropriately or unfairly, but um, there's a displacement and a loss of land. That means a loss of food resources um, and economic resource, but also displacement. So out in Ihumata, which is um, an area in Auckland, they, those people who were living there, the Māori um, iwi that were living there, were literally given notice to leave their land. And it's like, where are you going to go? So they, had to, they just like literally had to pick up their stuff and walk. Um, so you're displaced physically, economically. With the loss of land, you know, you're away from your marae, so there's like, there can be a loss of culture, but also um, so cultural practices that you can tangibly uphold. Um, but with a majority informed sort of society with other with them making the rules, there's also can be a loss of culture that way, as we know with um, sort of suppression of language in schools, and so it's only so you're actually beaten. So my grandma was also beaten to not speak Maori in schools, and also given the mindset that you're dying, that language is dying, and it's no use in the world that we live in. Um, so my grandma grew up thinking that, and she's like, "Don't learn Māori, you know. You don't. Yeah. There's no. You're not going to use it for anything." Mm. Um, and here I am, scrambling, trying to learn <laughs> it. Um, so, with this, and then with uh, majority-informed decision making, then there's, as we saw or heard, um, uh, like criteria that fits Pākehā, the majority-informed, and Euro European New Zealand. And also informs our ideas, um, so that can be systemic racism, but then also projecting our stereotypes onto the the minority group. Um, that can give them internal racism, um, low self worth. Like it's so multifaceted, um, and you know that can impact your mental health. Honestly, it just keeps the layers just keep going mm. down mm. until what we have nowadays. So when people say, oh, colonisation history is just, like, not having any effect, I'm just like, okay, you need to, like, let's start from um, when Māori started to become displaced from their land. Mm. And so, you know, how that shows out nowadays is um, Māori home ownership, for example, where uh, only 28% of Māori population have own home ownership, and for Pacific peoples it's 19%. Mm. Versus the general population, it's um, about 60%. So, you know, they, there's so many downstream effects of colonisation. And why does home ownership matter? Because if you're living in a rental that's of poor quality with mould, overcrowding, you know, there's a lot of health issues that are going to arise from that. Like the six times increased risk of yeah, pneumonia. Yeah, of pneumonia mm. and increased risk of asthma. Yeah, and, and skin infections. Mm -hmm. And if you have diabetes, your skin infections don't heal. It's so multifaceted. Mm -hmm. So you do have to paint a picture first before you just start throwing stats. Mm -hmm. Because if you throw the stats in isolation, you just mm -hmm. think, what are Māori doing wrong? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. wh 
what is up with them? Why are they? Why are their lungs so bad? You know, you you need to paint the picture first. Um, do you mind if I, because I've tried to have this conversation with other people as well, but the common objection that I then hear, especially with you know older um, uh, people that are not Maori or not Pacifica, is okay. I get it. You know, colonization was an issue. It's not my problem to fix, though. Mm. Well, How do you respond to that? Just going to jump in, considering, mm. Sorry, yes. like, for this audience, since it's a um, medical-ish podcast mm. with a medical-ish audience, mm-hmm. when people say, like, it's not my problem, um, my immediate reaction is then, well, then uh, you shouldn't be a doctor in New Zealand mm. because okay. what I have to, like... If you're wanting to be a doctor, that means that you are in some scope wanting to be a healer for the people in your or like wherever you're going to practice. And yeah, if yeah. you're unable to adequately um, cater for the Māori and Pacific population in New Zealand, and you know agree that there isn't also enough education around the international population, then I mean, if you can't cater for the community then your job as a doctor isn't actually really fulfilled. Mm. And that's a lot um, in medical school sort of ideas that I've heard is, oh, well, the MAPAS program and the MAPAS students, you know, they're coming in here because they're going to deal with the brown patients. You know, like, that's their job. And it's like, well, no, because we're going to be dealing... We don't just get to deal with our people. Like, how lovely would that be? But we deal with the majority population, the European population, as well as our patients. And it's just... Um, yeah. and, and depending on where you work, that may be the majority patient population could mm. be Māori or Pacific. Yeah. And it's the idea of if you really, you know, say what... Uh, if you believe what you say in your med interview, is like, I want to help people, but you're refusing to take into account um, what Māori and Pacific people have suffered and the ongoing effects of it, then actually you don't really yeah. want to help people. I, I try to tell my students that are kind of going into medicine that the job of a doctor is not, it's set. It's what the society needed. Mm-hmm. You are there to fill the job. It's not about what you think being a doctor means to you. Right. It's what the being a doctor means. You either fill it or you don't. So if you're willfully ignorant about issues that affect you on a very daily basis, then you're just simply not doing your job like just mm-hmm. simple as that i just think it's so clear cut like you sort of said yeah you're not serving that community and as i said it's sort of reinforced you know it's reinforced for us in high school it's reinforced in medical school where we don't have any pacific curriculum really in um, Auckland medical school and we have a couple of pacific lectures and I mean, that doesn't... And it's lumped together. And I'm it, just like, you're separate <laughs> islands. Yeah. And, yeah, so the Pacific Islands, I'm from the Cook Islands, and there are 15 islands within the Cook Islands. Mm. And I'm only, like, one nation, nation in the Pacific Islands. So, yeah, we're all lumped together, and we don't have any adequate teaching. So all you're hearing, their ver- like the university's version of adequate teaching is letting you know that your Pacific Island patients are all not some, as we should be thinking, all going to be poor, they're all going to turn up late, they're all going to like be terrible with their medication, they're all going to be eating KFC, they're all going to present late. And, I mean, that's the medical school, yeah. that's their teaching. And Yeah, in physiotherapy school, um, even right. this week we're doing a cultural competency week and they've, said, they've touched on a lot of topics that you guys have talked about today. Um, and especially just the fact with, with time pressure, 
that mm. your bias has come out, that internalization mm. that they come out in your practice. Um, but yeah, certainly I feel as though it's kind of like a tick, like a tick yeah. box kind yeah. of thing. It's just like, yeah. yep, we've talked about cultural competency now. That's one of the things you have to do. That's done. Let's move on to the next thing. When actually, mm. it just it actually underpins everything that you do because culture is made up of so many different things, mm. not just where you're from, but also other things. And it's just, yeah, I find it strange that it's kind of like a tick box when it's really like it's the entire patient's view and mm. their perspective on everything going forward as well. Um, yeah, so I think it can also be quite simple um, and small things that we can do, such as learning to, how to say hello in different languages. Mm. Honestly, it just lights up that patient's oh, yeah. face when... Yeah. Are you you've identified and been at a you have to do it correct though <laughs> definitely don't mix up don't Pacific <laughs> yeah. peoples um but then again don't go too handies on it because if you start speaking to deal Māori to somebody that's actually such that can be so offensive because you're not realizing due to colonization they might not actually know their own language mm. so it can be quite embarrassing if they don't mm. know how to respond so just leave it at hello, <laughs> something simple, and that I acknowledge you and that, you know, I hope you feel safe with me kind of thing. And then the other thing, um, back to your question mm. about, you know, oh, it's not my job. I, I totally agree with you, Justin, that this is why you became a doctor. You need to serve the population that makes up New Zealand or the country that you're in. Um, but also, if you put all the onus on the people who have been oppressed and have a lot of work to do and a lot of things to unlearn from society that have been very harmful and I've got a lot of my own things and healing that I've got to do then you're going to actually burn us out mm -hmm. and it's not my job to mm. um, be literally doing what they should be doing and co correcting mm. sort of the inequities, their biases there's lots of things they need to work on yeah. it's not my job yeah. Um, on that uh, topic itself, Georgia, you were, you were um, responding more so from the medical perspective. And like, absolutely, I don't think the Hippocratical Oath is biased about <laughs> who you help. You know, you've got a duty to in that way. Yeah, in that way. I, Not that I've done that or know exactly what it says. <laughs> you guys are probably better, you know, but I, I, think, I think I can say with some level of certainty yeah. that it's not, it's not specific to a particular audience there. But I think the, um, I mean, irrespective of whether someone's from the medical field or not or whether they have that, you know, duty to help that in that way. I was more so just speaking from the general uh, population. Um, I don't know, your accountant or your, you know, anyone from whatever field that's part of New Zealand society that is not uh, Māori or not Pacifica feeling like, you know, typical thing, ah, taxpayers' dollars, why is it going away? Why, why can't I keep more of it? It's going to people that will misuse it in the end, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Again, not not everyone. Just teach them about colonization. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like the stuff in Herald comments. Yeah, it's yeah. like the yeah. word. If yes. you, if, yeah, if you want to yes. see um, what mm. New Zealand thinks about our Maori Propaganda. Pacific yeah. population, Shocking. go read NZ Herald and stuff Facebook comments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, People actually think this way, and I think I know, a lot sad. of um, going back to you know we learn about this, and because so much a lot of racism is internalized because of that systemic kind of effect as well. Um, like, people don't realise that they have these racial biases in themselves and they don't reflect on it and they're sort of like... It's going back to the, mm. it's not my job, 
Because they just don't see it because it's not their experience. And I think um, one of the important things is to learn to listen. And so even, you know, if someone's correcting you or telling you, you know, this is actually my experience, you need mm. to be open to listen to it because you don't mm. actually, mm. like, yeah. how can you comment on that? And that's why, you know, reading the Herald comments is so shocking. It's like, see, it does exist, you yeah. know? It just I, doesn't yeah. exist up front in your face yeah. all the time mm. unless you're trying to reflect on it and look for yeah. it. And yeah, and especially being um, someone who is like a minority, it... You are, it's um, sort of things that only minority people would realise are offensive. Mm. And what's one of the reasons I s- tried to get the role on the OMSA Council is because they, um, like, if you're not from that sort of minority group, you don't see things that affect us. Mm. And also, I remember coming into um, medical school, I assumed that our entrance sort of interview process was going to screen out people with those views. <laughs> I really had faith. Oh. Um, <laughs> no. People learn that. So <laughs> yeah. Some, yeah, and it's um, talking to people when you're in the medical school um, that still hold those views. And to some extent, you bite the bullet and say, I'm just going to educate. And then in other times, you're just like, it's not my job mm. to revisit this trauma and to mm. educate again. And, yeah, as I said, things that have been, like, those have been reinforced in Māori Pacific people from, you know, kindergarten, primary, high school, we've heard Mm. these things and it's a constant battle for our people to, you know, we're trying to prove ourselves as doctors, but we're trying to prove ourselves as brown doctors. Mm. And Mm. um, And female. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And it's, I don't think people recognise the struggles that, um, Māori Pacific students go through when you have to turn up and you've got to go the extra step to, you know, prove you're not the orderly, to prove you're not... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's um, something that a lot of the, you know, big Tongan Samoan guys that I'm um, friends with that they've experienced in the hospital, they'll be in, you know, their full clinical gear with their ID. And my dad down in Palmy he was in scrubs with his stethoscope and his badge and he went over to help a lady who had trouble breathing and she said, are you the cleaner? Mm. Mm. And my dad was like... You can die now. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, you know what? You were struggling to breathe and you're going to stay like that. (laughs) But um, yeah, yeah, and it's constantly having to hold yourself in certain ways. And also... As a doctor, you can't say things like this. <laughs> you wish you could. Yeah, as a doctor. You have to continually. Yeah. Yeah. Not a doctor anymore. Yeah. yeah, you have to continually show kindness and respect, mm. even though you've been yeah. dissed, like absolutely bullet. dissed, and it still and happens. So you just go, like a colleague in our year, mm. you know, they're like, "Oh, you're here to take my food order," and she's clearly in, you know, very nice clothing, stethoscope, and she's like, "No, I'm the doctor." And I've told you I was the doctor. You know, like I introduced yeah. myself yeah. as the doctor. Yeah. Mm. I don't know what else to do. Um, but I think people have those immediate quick biases because of, um, and I know Justin wanted to say, the Herald is a very crappy newspaper of New Zealand. You just stole the words out of Absolutely. My <laughs> propaganda from one party, which we know which one. Um, so... Uh, People have control over media and it's, again, often majority informed who has money. Um, And Māori and Pacific people are painted in a certain way by showing again and again 
negative stereotypes. And so that's reinforced into everybody of New Zealand. Um, So I'm not saying that that Māori person didn't commit that crime. That's true, but they continually highlight, if something happens, they'll they'll point out their ethnicity only if Mm -hmm. they're Māori and Pacific Islander. They don't say, you know, this New Zealand Pākehā person did this. Um, But that's one point. But then they also only show the same story over and over to reinforce that that is true to what we're like. Mm. And that also puts a negative stereotype in ourselves. So growing mm. up, I, th- I was like quite ashamed. I was like, oh my gosh, oh, yeah. I belong to a people <laughs> who's thieves and criminals. <laughs> I'm going to have to... Absolute outlaws. Yeah, I'm, mm. and I was ashamed. I felt so much shame. But then I started following um, Māori news outlets and there's so much <laughs> success mm. that they don't show unless there may be a rugby sports player. <laughs> yeah. um, and they just don't have a balance of stories to, you know, show that don't generalise us because I don't generalise you. Um, you know, if something happens, oh, I won't go into that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so they need a balance of stories and media has a really strong effect on subconscious biases. Mm. And I remember just quickly when I... After high school, so myself and my friend who was Samoan both wanted to get into medicine, and we both did. And our high school only sent myself and her congratulations letters for getting into medical school, but our other colleagues who were Papa R, who were um, European, didn't get congratulations letters. Mm. It was on, the only two people that got them were the Pacific Island students. Mm. Um, wow. So it's like and an expectation, like, oh. Yeah, it was like, yeah, wow, yeah, really good on you. Like, we expected yeah. it from the rest of you, but you too, like, yeah. well done. And then a girl in high school, um, in our awards ceremony, if you were near the end of the list, you got, like, a good award. And they didn't tell you what it was. And a girl came up to me, because my name was on there, and she said, oh, good to get some colour up on stage. Oh. In, <laughs> in year, I think it was year 11, um, yeah, and it was, oh, man, I had to be sent out of class briefly for that. Mm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it just shows exactly yeah. what people think about uh, yeah, us. Yeah, and um, it happens all the time. And so, and I think during your progression as a med student, it can be quite difficult because you're trying to pass the placement. So you move around to different placements. Um, so you sometimes don't want to step out of line oh, and actually... Yeah. Um, maybe correct people and educate mm. them because they're your seniors, they're marking you. Mm. Um, so for an example, I was in hospital and the, these two Māori women were about to go into surgery. She's having a C-section. And they were cracking up, speaking in te reo Māori, and I, started, and I was like laughing along to the joke. And the nurse was like, oh, you understand that? I was like, yeah, yeah, Māori. And she's like, oh, you mustn't be very Māori. And I'm like... <gasps> What does that mean? I know, I know. It's like I just said I was Māori. I can understand Māori and, and, you know, I'm communicating and laughing with them. Um, So I'm not sure which part of – are you judging my skin? Are you judging my academic achievement? I was quite confused. But you're in a situation where you're with the patient, so you don't want to defame the relationship Mm. and her mana, her prestige – in front of the patient because you need to keep respect and trust for the patient and the team. Mm. So you kind of stand there dumbfounded. I'm like, 
I don't get that yeah. comment, but you're allowed to just continually like dismiss me and you know what I say, and I'm not allowed to say anything back at this moment. So, yeah, there's lots of issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In summary, <laughs> there are a lot of issues. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I want to, I wanna because f- we have gone for a, a bit and it's been an awesome conversation, I think we could just probably go forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's, because this topic was actually recommended uh, and, and people wanted us to talk about this. Um, and there's a lot of students that are Maori or even not, but just interested in what, and want to know. What would you tell a, a current high school student that's, let's say for the sake of this, Maori and or Pacific, who's wanting to get into medicine, what would you say to this person who's maybe doesn't have the type of family background that you had or didn't have the support of an educated mother that you had? And what would you say to this person who's trying to kind of like run it alone and doesn't have those role models? I think don't run it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, because because I didn't have those role models when I did get to my med interview finally, it was a disaster. I didn't, I'm so grateful they let me in. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I had no practice. I didn't know what type of questions there'd be. So you just put on the spot and it's, you're really uneducated, I'm sorry. <laughs> At that <laughs> age, you're just not quite aware of really big issues mm-hmm. um, and sort of the effect of colonisation or why we, you know, they asked me, um, do you think there should be MAP as the Māori Pacific Scheme entry? And I thought, no, oh, I've got A pluses. I actually don't need to get in this way like, nah, you know, I was so <laughs> dismissive. <laughs> and it's just like the, oh, so embarrassing mm-hmm. um, to have those thoughts. But you do need a guide and a mentor. You need to seek that person out because um, they need to put you not only on the right track, but just give you a little a little bit of prep because it doesn't – we actually don't have that experience to just have wide knowledge on lots of issues. You need to be guided or else, you know, you might miss that opportunity to get in and we need that representation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, uh, I went to the university to see what courses we have to take. Um, so think actually a few years ahead because if you're going to ne- you know, need to do physics and chemistry, things like that, you actually need to prep ahead. And you can do it. You know, we're not innately less smart, so you can do it. Um, but you still, again, need to seek out some support. Um, can't necessarily afford tutoring, but you need to seek out someone who's maybe in that area and is prepared to teach you so that you can boost your physics and chem and those subjects that may not be on your radar. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you know, if you come to JTT, you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we, yeah, we will get... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, but we, we need to know true. that. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. So, I mean, if you if you're in a position where, I mean, even if you're not Maori or Pacific, if you're just limited by finances purely, you know, if you are looking for help and guidance, then contact us because you know we've got a a network. We can connect you with more role models. You know, if you don't know anyone, then you can connect through us. And again, a lot of the tutoring and services that we provide, we give out hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stuff for free for people that just need it um so just just reach out we can almost always do something for you that's gonna that's gonna work and it's really a shame because i do work with a lot of these MAPAS students maori and pacific admission scheme students who have tried to slug it alone for such a long time 
and they then will come to me, you know, like halfway through the semester and it's like, damn, I really wish you'd just kind of reached out in the first place. But there's a sense of kind of like holding back or something, you know, even if they knew they could, they sort of just don't. But, you know, I would just say from my point of view, please just reach out and, and contact. Yeah, I'd, I'd say for that question is that for um, Māori and Pacific, we always find so much mana, so much power in our culture. And so if you're... Um, looking at this really daunting task of the idea of getting into medical school and slugging away as a doctor, like, you can navigate that and mm. um, you'll always find strength in your culture, always find strength in your people and then if you're someone who's very early on in your cultural journey and you don't necessarily have those connections and you weren't, weren't brought up that way, like, I know that I wasn't brought up um, in a way that I was extremely embedded in my culture, yeah, you find people that help you with that and if you're like a high school student that's Māori or Pacific, I would suggest um, the plug getting in touch with MAPAS um, at the uni because I would say that um, of all the support I've had um, at university, MAPAS has been absolutely immense. Because, mm. um, yeah, it connects you with people in years above, free tutoring, free food and stuff. <laughs> people but just got sold. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, free food, free study space. It's pretty it's, amazing. Yeah, it's really like a family. Yeah. And I didn't know I would need that, but the med journey is so long. You do need a supportive yeah. family that understand what's going on. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just the main thing is, ho like, hold on to your culture throughout the whole journey because you find so much strength in that. Mm. And you're going to need strength. <laughs> you're going to yeah. need it. Yeah. yeah, don't, you know, if other people um, might not see the importance of your culture, don't try and you know, suppress it. Yeah. Um, because honestly, it's like your strongest asset. Your patients will appreciate it. Mm. 100%. Yeah. Um, I, I was thinking that we should um, go through some real quick questions that are common sort of myths or opinions that people hold. We've actually Be already careful. answered quite a lot of those <laughs> though. Because mm. um, I was going to talk about, you know, people saying, okay, MAPAS, it's not fair. You know, it's not fair for the other students because, you know, everyone has to work really, really hard. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I think if you've listened this far. <laughs> it's a common statement. Yeah. There was a recent yeah. article, yeah. I think, in the Herald. About Otago. Is that yeah, and yeah. it was a little cry by someone who, oh, you God. know. Good old Harry. <laughs> they did get the marks, but they, what they missed the point was this person trying to get into medicine and didn't get in. It's like, boo-hoo, we're all trying to get those points. And in chemistry, there was a 1,000 people and maybe a couple hundred will want to get the spot for 200. In, my, in our year, it was 200 mm -hmm. spots. So, no, you're not guaranteed a spot because of your academic marks, and that's why they have the interview. Your character didn't match becoming a doctor. So I'm sorry, other people did get it ahead of you. And it's not because... so. I did have good marks, and it's so no, I didn't get in just because I went through a scheme. It's actually they, you know, saw the attributes. Um, but then, um, so what I, why I brought that up is because the person is literally saying that, you know, we haven't made the same achievements and we mm -hmm. haven't got to the same level. They're assuming, you know, we just naturally got lower to get in. And that's not true. So many of my... Um, colleagues, uh, Pacific colleagues, mm. she got top in all of her papers. 
So the assumptions are really harmful um, to think that we're not worthy of also getting into medicine. Um, just before the podcast started, um, I was talking to Georgia about this exact yeah. thing and I wanted you to talk about it again because I think it's really important. And one of the things that she brought up that I haven't thought about before in terms of medical entry is that it's not based on academics. It's sort of the system has made it based on your GPA entirely. Yeah. And it's sort of that, um, yeah, just that... Um, the reason the GPA is so high is because it has become competitive over the years, but that's not the actual requirement and what you need yeah, to become yeah. a good doctor. So mm. oh. I want you to talk about it some more because that was um, a really good point. Yeah. yeah, so a lot of the um, misconceptions that people have about medicine is that uh, you have to be unbelievably, unobtainably genius to be a doctor. And, I mean, it's just it's just not true. Mm. After you see the people in your cohort. <laughs> um, yeah, and so it's just not true that you have to be an absolute genius. And the whole idea of the high GPA to get into medicine is only due to the fact that the government can only fund so many people to be doctors. Mm. Like running a hospital is expensive. Running us as medical students is so it's expensive. Very... And so they've got a certain amount of spots. And the only reason that the GPA for medicine is so high is because that just happens to be one of the things that you filter down in order to get people into spots. And, I mean, it's kind of the student's fault that everyone tries really hard for the GPA. If everyone just chilled out... That's my then the ideal situation. Yeah, I mean, everyone just then the GPA completely. would be lower. Like, we did it to ourselves. <laughs> but... Um, and the idea, so like MAPAS, um, I think the allotment right now is something like 70 spots is allowed for Māori and Pacific students. And if only 55 students meet the requirement to be in medicine, then only 55 students get the spots. And the other 15 spots, they aren't then saying, oh, we'll give them back to the you know non-Māori Pacific students. Those spots are just then not given out. And so... The common idea is that Māori Pacific people in our MAPAS scheme are taking spots from other people. Mm. It's just not true. And It wasn't yours to begin with. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you were never going to get those spots. It was never yours. And, um, yeah, so it's the whole idea that being a good doctor is surrounded by your GPA. By your GPA. But um, the reason that Māori Pacific people, that we have those spots and that we will become such great doctors is because we offer something into the system that no one without our experience would get. You wouldn't be able to like work with a Cook Island family the way I would be able to. You wouldn't be able to work with a Māori family. You know, is it the same? And so it's the mm. idea that doctors have academic grades and like that's all you need. Mm. It's so not true. I guess you could link it back to Justin. Your, you know, how you weren't able to sort of relay the importance of staying for the surgery. Um, so being a doc, you have the knowledge. We've got the same knowledge, yeah. but we, you know, weren't able to portray the importance of that. And mm. so that's when it's honestly so hard as someone who's not yeah. Maori or Pacific yeah. <clears throat> to actually meaningfully. I can feel mm. that yeah. that lack of connection. And, and it's, yeah, yeah, and it's not even just always because like language barriers. Mm. Like that's not. It's um, ideologies, the way you were brought up, the importance of like what health means to the individual person is different across cultures. And I think that's where students miss out when they look at medicine, is that they just assume that, oh, because I've got four call papers, this is what determines how good I will be as a doctor. 
when, when I mean like, it's like that chemistry paper that you do yeah. applies nothing to what, no. you know. No, and also these people who don't get in and they think they've got a right to get in, it's like do the degree and try again. There's another 30% who are post-grad and as we call myself, super grad, who've worked <laughs> and then come back. There's many of us. <laughs> There's a few it. of us. Um, but, you know, keep trying. Don't give up. There's if it's really your spot. Yeah, you can it. get in different ways. Um, and then the reason why, you know, I had to learn this a bit later on, I didn't have all the guidance at the time, why there is um, MAPADS is because we're not going to reduce those inequities without it's sort of like changing the criteria threshold to ensure um, that we get the right people in. And why why it's slightly lower GPA, I don't know what it is. Um, didn't need it, no. <laughs> <laughs> no um, why it's slightly lower is because we've started off from a different point. I didn't get tutoring. A lot of us don't get tutoring. I went to Desol 1 school. I didn't have chemistry and physics. So... It's you're starting from a point where you need to boost us up because of all these inequities that mm. have started a long time ago. Mm. And so once we're in, we don't get any special treatment. Mm. I've got to pass all the exams like yeah. you, the clinicals, the ex, you know, the written. Mm. And all the other stuff. And not only that, that, I've got to go from, you know, not having any of this background to then going up to university level and keeping up with everyone who's sort of been afforded mm. that and groomed to be able to study well. And so when I saw that article, I was like, I think you should actually be congratulating us and what we've overcome, and then now we're keeping up with you. Mm. You know, like we've overcome all these inequities, and now I'm still standing by you. So I think you should congratulate me (laughs) for getting it. Yeah, I mean, Um, you're welcome. (laughs) You wouldn't, wouldn't um, like, sorry, like, uh, you know, that that point, um, I was having a discussion with one of my students, years ago during the interview workshops and they just couldn't get their head around the fact that you know like the starting line is different mm-hmm. and that actually makes it that yeah. actually makes a difference and uh, you know from s- what that really is saying what that person is that, that opinion really means is like you would see let's say two people running a race and one person is like towing a car as they run and they both mm. finish at the same time and then you'll mm. say that oh yeah the guy that you know the the other dude was like better or like you know yeah. they, they were the superior one it's like how can you not they, see the they didn't yeah. have these things holding them back there's a nice uh, visual representation on the internet um about so there's a lineup of people and he'd call out different things the privilege yeah. walk you're talking yeah. about so that. you know there's the end of the race step forward if you had your university fees paid and you know people mm. we, did you ever have food scarcity you know so there's people still standing here did you ever get tutoring do you have two parents you know all these things which are protective factors for your life to reach your goal whether it's education or home ownership different goals and then you see these people still back here they didn't have any of those and so it's not that they're ill-equipped in the race it's just that they started a lot further back Mm. and on that note as well i'm not gonna pretend like i've always been you know uh culturally competent because I think mm. we all started yeah. at a point where we weren't. And I, I admit that mm. it gives me butterflies now to admit that as well, especially in front of you guys. <laughs> um, it's okay. but, but, but one thing that really helped me to realize, you know, why MAPAS is necessary and why that extra step is necessary 
is as crudely as I can explain with my hands right now. If you've got colonization that's, you know, created this offset mm. going on over here, and then we go with what your proposition is, you know, uh, why are we putting so much, uh, you know, why are we favoring them so much more and all these different things? Why not just give equal opportunity? Well, okay, if we're going to go down that pathway, let's assume that, first of all, it's not that simple. Second of all, you know, if, if there is a direct correlation between equality of opportunity and, you know, better out health outcomes mm. after that, what we should expect to see is just that, 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 and not that, that yeah. disparity is still going to be there, you know, yeah. so you need an unequal opportunity. Yeah. You know, Just the word equitable. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, when I heard that thrown around in uni, I'm like, I'm tired of these words. But when I fully got it, I'm like, yes. I love this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Word. yeah. Yeah. And you used the word bias before as well, Carla. I can't yeah. remember what, in, in what sort of context it was just then. But, you know, even the word bias has a negative connotation to it. You can have a positive yeah. bias when it's necessary. And sometimes, you know, you you do need to have necessary biases to... Yeah. Um, to, to make a better impact and, 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 you know, like for the bigger picture. Um, that's the thing that really um, hit it on the nail for me. Yeah. Mm. Understanding that. I think that uh, just due to the sake of not having unlimited amount of time for these podcast episodes, no. which <laughs> I feel always whenever we have a guest, um, uh, we're going to have to cut the discussion short. But uh, thank you both for coming on. It's it's really, you know, these types of discussions I think need to be had, had a lot more. Mm. And I'm thinking in my head, how are we going to make it so that as many people listen to this type of discussion as possible? I'm click baby AF. Uh, <laughs> definitely. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, yeah, I resonate with this, I think this is a message that's super important, then, uh, you know, make sure to like, comment, <laughs> and share. Uh, spread the message. Uh, no, but seriously... Um, mm. I think it's super important and hopefully by the time you've gotten to this point, you realize why that's important. If you have any questions about any of the stuff that we've talked about, again, if you're someone who feels like you personally resonate with this, this is something that you, you know, this is this is your future or your life that um, it's directly relevant to, again, reach out. Um, if you've got a, a request, if you want us to dive into another topic, if you want to be connected to someone, then just reach out. We're always happy to help. But otherwise, thanks for listening. We'll uh, see you next time. Thank you. Thank you guys as well. Thanks for tuning in to Subcut. If you guys have any suggestions for content, please make sure you send it through. You can get in touch and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, or find us on our website at jttmed.com slash subcut. Subcut is a podcast brought to you by JTT. If you or anyone you know is interested in a career in medicine, make sure to get in touch and check us out at jttmed.com.